This is Gensokyo Radio Live number 44 tonight. And we are deviating a little bit from our original plan where DMJ was supposed to be at the helm tonight. But instead, I am broadcasting from our Minneapolis studio. So that's how it's going to be tonight. And, you know, speaking of DMJ, we've got him around as well as Nano and Puzzle and a couple of guests from uh, Mystery Parfait. You might have heard of them from the uh, as the group that's behind one of the newly released games called Donmak or Donmaku, depending... I guess uh, that's your preference, but uh, yeah. So um, we've got ah! Carrots Parfait and Mooks Parfait here, um, sitting around being quiet. <laughs> Hello. Hello. And and we're also experiencing some some strange voice issues. So um, I'm going to be working on that tonight, and we've tried a couple things to make it better, but yeah. Still having issues with that, I guess, but uh, hopefully we can make that better before too long. Anyway, um, so DMJ, why why aren't you hosting tonight's show? Because the smoldering tire fire that was the last show made me realize I need audio card in order for this all to work, and I also need to replace my, my power supply because the ungodly wine that appears when I take my mixer up above a certain volume is absolutely unholy, and I, I legitimately think okay. some sort of satanic demon taking a mixer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you don't understand. Like, there are times where it's... Okay. And we just completely lost that, I guess. Old man. So... And that can only be described as old man. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe indeed. DMJ cut out for um, kind of a long time there. I don't yeah. really know what he said, and we're still having. You know, this yeah, is th- this every, is it's th- across everybody. This is the very first time that Discord's been that Discord's been an issue. Um, really unfortunate that it's happening tonight, but um, I'm gonna keep looking into see if we seeing if we can switch over to a different voice server or something. Um, as you know, we are partnered on Discord, so we have access to a couple of um actually a few different uh vip voice servers so we should be getting uh kind of priority just better you know overall but and dmj is typing that needs to stop yeah yeah sorry i'm trying to ask koishi whether or not problems I... also in general chat as well you know fun fact if you go back to the past live shows that we've done and you just listen to some of the in-between segments you can hear typing and i'm pretty sure it's you Oh yeah, it's 100% me because I don't have, I don't have a. Oh, okay, so it's not just us. Uh, uh, oh, Kuishi oh. says it's not happening in general, so it is us. No, it's there's. Well, it's probably not her fault. No, well, yeah, I can always just take a quick, uh, quick step in there. There's because uh, servers like we don't host the server for voice discord does it's it's different than skype where it's like one of your callers hosts it and then everyone else so yeah you know D- so, uh, dmj they're saying it's you what if you disconnect and we'll see <laughs> I'm d- here okay he's gone so how do the rest of you sound 
Hello. Uh, hello. Hello. No, it's not any better. Okay, DMJ, come back. <laughs> Please. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. We will figure this out. I will I will try switching to a different uh, server here, but yeah. Or maybe a different channel or something. I really don't know what the deal is, but anyway. Um, only problem with moving to a different channel is permissions don't carry over. So, like, say if we moved over to gaming too, then, uh, yeah, anyone could join. Way to announce that to everybody. It'd be a little chaotic. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I'm saying we, it we so that... We have our little bubble sanctuary. To remind... Sanctuary to remind yeah. It, yeah, it's like, wouldn't it just be like you know wouldn't it just telling every wouldn't it just be a tragedy like if we move to this open thing and everyone else was able to just See, intervene just, wouldn't thing, that just be a tragedy in chat right now people are saying what if we held gets general chat chaos and fires we'll, we'll assume we like, call it the Ginsokir radio general forum yeah uh, that would be a probably not the best idea um, here's a really strange idea. I'm gonna try switching to a non-VIP server, and we'll see if that does anything. All I heard was switching, and then blank, and yeah, then, and then uh, something. Can... Yeah, because, well, I, because I we watched just switched. That when, yeah, when you switched, uh, I watched my connect. Holy crap, switch. look at that. We're completely fixed, I think. Maybe. Uh, DMJ sounds no, normal. No! No! As soon as you say that, you come back! <laughs> Crackle. And now it's happening. There's a ghost. Again. There's a ghost that listens in carefully for keywords before it intervenes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's get the music going and then we can start troubleshooting. Okay. I will definitely do that. Uh, we've got kind of a mix of music tonight. I tried to pull some new music. So the first song you heard was from Frozen Starfall's new album called Promised Dance Floor. Uh, they were over at. Um, Gosh, you, you'll have to remind me. I want to say Retai uh, Sai, but uh, was it that or Comic Cut? Retai Sai. It was Retai Sai. Right. Okay. So that was a recent thing. And um, there we actually have the next song here is also off the same album, but it is by the artist is Nato instead. So most of them it says the artist is Frozen Snowfall, but Starfall. But anyway, um, and then after that, kind of a mix of things. Some circles we don't typically hear on the station, including Lapis Moss and uh, some others as well. So I've also got a song from Seismix in here as well. So look forward to that. I think that also released last weekend. So uh, yeah, things are going. And uh, we'll, we'll just go on to the first song here because we need to go fix some things clearly. So I'll take care of that. This one is called Way of Life. From the album Promise Dance Floor, artist is Nato, like I said. We'll be back in just a bit here on Gensoki Radio Live number 44. Stay tuned.
そこここに横たわるのは求めた自由の大形ちかける言葉など届くはずもないがつぶやくあなたたちの部分
You're listening again to Sokyo Radio Live number 44. Once again with a pretty decent sized group of uh, people here in the studio. We've got myself, DMJ, and Andre. Puzzle, uh, as well as a couple of guests here, Carrot and Moogs Parfait. You both have Hello, you, you both have what appears to be the last name Parfait. You guys related at all or <laughs> no. Well so turns out that like carrot and moogs are uh, kind of common handles <laughs> that ended up being taken a lot on forums and it, it sort of uh, you think of like a like a clan tag or something like that for our circle. Oh okay. Uh. Interesting. Also, I think that parfaits are like cute, you know, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> cute or delicious. So, Your toots cute. That sounds like like a nano description. Like, <laughs> hey, when you hey. post a food item, you post a food item. He says, <laughs> "Your peppers are cute." You're personifying food here. Exactly. Yeah, it makes me feel better when I eat them. <laughs> That's like saying that you like gingerbread men just because they're the shape of people. Well, isn't that why we? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's because they're cute, it's festive, and all that. The, 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 the feeling I get when I eat a gingerbread house is—I'm uh, not going to actually continue this line of thought. <laughs> uh, next question. Uh, okay, so we got the guys here. They made a pretty awesome card game that I'm holding in my hand. You know. Uh, yeah. Um. <laughs> Don Maku, care to explain it? At least well, how the game works. Yeah, just kind of the to, to the to the crowd. I guess let's. You want to go, Garrett? Yeah, let's start with. Yeah, like, yeah. So yeah, go ahead. Don Maku is um, one of uh, several hidden role games. It's uh, when you start the game, everybody's got uh, a visible character card, so you know who they're playing as, but you don't know what they're goal is in the game. There's one heroine who's out to solve why are all these incidents happening and trying to shut it down. Behind that there are several stage bosses that they might run into and as you know the rule in Gensokyo is like if you meet somebody shoot them. Yeah, right? Yeah. And then somewhere there's also hidden one extra boss who's kind of the mastermind behind everything. So the heroine's trying to figure out who's the, uh, the bosses and the extra boss and take them down, while the bosses, they just want to kill the heroine. Yeah. And somewhere hidden among them is a partner who's trying to help the heroine uh, survive and also defeat the uh, bosses and extra boss. But you got to figure out who's who based on who attacks whom. Yeah. Interesting. So it's... It's a very interesting game, and you got a, you guys got a lot. Oh, we lost Sorry, the Kyle one. There. We lost DMJ. You guys uh, got a lot. Did, of... Do I? Did I lose one? No. L- l- you guys got a lot of a uh... DMJ. This is not the time for interrupting, Larry. Yeah. Listen, you said you've got a lot of, and then you cut out. So what? Yeah. Uh, uh, you guys seem to have a lot of uh, roles. Like you have, like, like what I'm looking at: the rival, uh, the one shoe partner you know you got more than just yeah the anti-heroine phantom boss i think that is like really nice like just Hmm. going through and i love going through and i'm yeah so the extra roles they uh they started out as something that we were planning for an expansion like we originally only had the four roles and it was 
it was interesting enough, but it didn't, it lacked something because at some point, whenever you figure out who a couple people are, then the whole game just plays out formulaically. And so we're like, how can we add a little bit of unpredictability where sometimes, well, yeah, you are a boss, but you also want to gun down the partner first, or you sometimes want to gun down another boss, or maybe just play it cool. And that um, changed up the way that the game played out pretty dramatically, because suddenly you don't end up with everyone who's a boss attacks the heroine right away, and then everyone who knows who to kill. Yeah, because then it turns into a her the heroine against everybody else at the yeah. table. Um, that unpredictability so, also really helps groups that are not familiar with, like, say, Mafia or Werewolf, the other mm -hmm. um, Hidden Rolls games. Mm -hmm. uh, throws it, it's everything a little less clear. Now, when you're looking at a, a game, Don Maku, when you compare it to other card games that people kind of, like, know in their head already, what would you compare Don Maku to? So, there are... Uh, as we just mentioned, uh, other hidden role games like uh, Werewolf and Mafia. Um, there's also one called Shadowhunters, um, which yeah. it has three different factions, and you you have a similar sort of uh, distance mechanic based on where you're not where you're sitting, but where your pieces are. Uh, then there are some uh, older games. Uh, there's Bang and a game that was similar to Bang called uh, Legend of the Three Kingdoms, I think. Or mm -hmm. uh, ba so Balgosha or something like that. Okay. It was Three Kingdoms something. Three Kingdoms mm -hmm. Kill was another uh, name for it. I know, like a couple years back, when I was at Anime Expo, there was a I was a group with a group of folks. You probably said the game name in already, and I just don't remember the name. But you had things like, like uh, someone was a wizard, someone was a thief, someone was like there were five characters or six characters or something, and it was very similar to what you're describing. But I don't remember what it was called. Anyway. So, and I, I actually, I rather enjoyed that game. So I'm pretty sure I'd probably enjoy this game too. Obviously, even though I, I have one sitting in front of me here, um, and but which, by the way, like this, un unboxing it, uh, just it, it looks like the presentation is really nice. Um, oh yeah, it's very, oh yeah, very clean. The print quality is very good. The you have, um, gosh, how many artists in here? Uh, there's a whole credit. Oh, I'm looking at the back. The there's credits. a whole, there's a whole <laughs> yeah. credits. Yeah. It's like 40 or so. Yeah. It's 42, yeah. I believe. Yeah. There's one artist in here I would like. I, I don't know if he's in chat, but Freezex yeah. actually contributed <laughs> to this project. Yep. And I like I was looking through the manual last night while I was at work because I went to go pick up my pick up the package. And I went straight to work and I looked in here and I texted Lunar. I'm like, did you know Freezex contributed to this game? <laughs> like, why didn't he give us like any, you know, let us know back when we met him at Boston a couple years back. Well, not that he was contributing. Yeah. Well, Freezex Because Lunar, don't you have some, don't you have a, some of his art on your wall, Lunar? I, I do. In fact, it's sitting behind me. And not to mention, I've also purchased some of his other work as well. 
But yeah, uh, he he does nice work. I've I've known him for a few years. I, I stayed over at his place a couple of years back for uh, for Anime Boston. So if it was two years ago at AX, his piece might not have been done. Ah. Uh. If I'm remembering correctly. Okay. You know, and, and that brings a, actually a different question. Not, and I, I should make it clear. We, uh, we have a Discord channel. If you're out there and you don't know that, uh, you can join by going to our website, and there's a join button there as long as you're a member on our website. And if you're not, either sign up or find someone who's already a member, and they can give you an invite link, um, just to keep all of the, uh, the unwanteds, the bots and whatnot. Anyway, um. But we put out a Q&A form, just a really simple thing that people can fill out to ask you guys questions as well, which we will get to in the next segment here. So this is just kind of like our time, and then we'll move on to the uh, the community's questions and stuff. So yeah, yeah there's, there's going to be so many questions, and I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, but like this is kind of what you signed up for. So yeah, uh, <laughs> but, but it's all looking forward to. Yeah, absolutely. It's all good. Um, community community interaction, all that. So. Righto. Uh, but um, but I, I was gonna. You said I was gonna say, um, when when did you first kind of like start working on this idea? If you had mentioned like Freezex a couple of years ago, wasn't done on what he was working. It's it's been a while. Yeah. So the first uh, the first idea to start working on a Toho card game came uh, in 2012, I believe. Uh, January, we went to well. December of 2011, I think, we went to uh, Comicet in the Winter Comicet in Japan, and we were walking around and like, hey, yeah, we should we should totally make a Toho card game, and it just sounded like a joke at the time. But then we started putting stuff in text files when we got home and kicking around ideas, and that's where it began. Then it's just a long road since then. Yes, yes. So, so from so. From impl- like that little comment to me holding the physical box, uh, how how were you able to? How long did it take for you to finally get everything together and be like, yes, this is actually something we want to put in a box form uh, from that text file to now, instead of like, yeah, words. Yeah, well, I mean, at first it was. We had enough drive to actually print up little cards that we could, you know, stick in sleeves and play around with on our computers, right? And then once we started playing, we were like, yeah, yeah actually, this is pretty fun. Um, like, we don't live in the same state or anything anymore. Um, so we were playing with a bunch of different groups of friends, but we would collect feedback. Um, make some changes, collect feedback, make some changes, and that kept going for a while. We actually, uh, when the game first came, uh, we first had our print and play stuff, we went really deep and wide, um, trying out as many different ideas to see if there's, you know, room for growth and stuff like that. Uh, We had three function expansions um, all working at the same time. And then at some point we're like, all right, all right, we think that this is this has got legs. We're gonna like actually start 
paying for artists to do the artwork. And that was a big commitment. And at that point, we, we decided to cut back and pare it down to the very, very simplest base set that we have right now. Ah, so would you say that there are other expansions in the works? Uh, well, so after we stopped um, working or playing playtesting with the expansions together, um, we made a number of like very core changes to the base set, and as a result, you, we also sort of cannibalized some of the ideas that we were going to uh, put into future expansions. And so they're not like ready to go yet, but we do have plans to of, of things that we can add to the uh, game to give you dimensions. Now, with expansions, will you also be releasing characters, uh, especially from the new games that have been coming out as of the past two, three years? Yeah, probably the biggest thing like about Toho is just how many characters that it has. And this is one of the you know, advantages and challenges it is to make uh, a card game for Toho, which is right now we have 24 characters in the base and we're thinking about doing something on this order of another 24 characters every expansion. Whoa. And you can do that for a few expansions without even coming close to running out of characters. Yeah. Now, in the Toho universe. now I'm looking at the characters right now and there are two uh cards i'm very intrigued about one my copy a blank card a blank character card um so i guess i can make my own character if i wanted to and then my personal favorite player two can you, can you talk <laughs> what, what led to the addition of player two I, I i think that's like the most interesting little thing in here well, and it's just Blue I love it. We wanted to do something special for our release, uh, you know, and something, something for the people who've been following us forever. In particular, okay. something that was not in our print and play version. Yeah. Uh, uh. And uh, so the idea was to have a new character, and we tossed around a bunch of stuff, and it's like, wait this never happens like you can't in the base game you can't have two of the same character at once and <laughs> so we put that in I'm, the ability I, to do that i'm snickering because i've just found the player two card i didn't look that yeah far. <laughs> well and i love the little things that you have in the booklet because i'm looking around in the booklet the other night and you get to the character card section in the in the little booklet and it's Sherdo's card, and of course you have the little idiot pointing to Sherdo on the booklet. I'm loving this. And then you have, really? and yeah, <laughs> if you go, yo, you guys like, don't pay. I, I tore through the booklet last night on my breaks, <laughs> and I was loving everything I was seeing. But one of the things I'm actually excited, uh, I'm really liking, that I wish more card games have, is you guys included a glossary and a ruling FAQ rulings and FAQ in the booklet, which is great because one of my, one of the games I play religiously with a lot of people, um, and probably a lot of people in chat do, and probably people from Mystery Parfait do, Magic the Gathering, <laughs> where 99.9% .9 of the time during a game, I'm checking uh, rulings on the Reddit and on this and on that, trying to get a ruling certain card. And I like that. I like that you include that in box. Yeah, those were, 
only a few of the rulings. We're actually going to make uh, an expanded post on our website that has some of the more corner case things. Those are the ones that came up the most during playtesting. And to be honest, some of those rulings are actually just more like clarifications of what's actually just written on the card. The uh, the cards, most of them. it's, yeah, like for the most part, you just do what they say, but sometimes, you know, there's just that slight possibility where, where you're like, huh? Does that mean this? And even though it doesn't say it, and, yeah. you know, perhaps no. perhaps that means that the, the card could have been designed better, but, you know, it, as long as people can, you know, muddle through it on their own without having me sitting there, like, teaching them. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is always weird as a, as a person working on the game. You spend a lot of time playing with people who just like, hey, developer, you can answer my question for me. I'm like, what are people going to do when not I'm there. not there to answer the question. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because um, you don't have as big of a staff as Wizard. Well, <laughs> and just like, you're not always going to be playing with the developer. In fact, that's probably never going to be the case. Yeah. So, um, right. okay. So, so uh, my my last question, because we gotta, we're gonna hit the music again pretty soon here. But um, my last question here is. Um, over like the past year, year and a half or something, I could have sworn that I've seen this game before, and I don't know if it was the I've, print at. I seen it this year already. Um, when we were at AB, Scott had a yeah, copy of the game. But I, I'm, but I've also seen it in, say Anime Central last year, and Sen, oh. um Anime Expo. Yep. Pretty much. So we have been at Anime Expo. We we made a uh, early ver- an early prototype version that um, is now pretty drastically different from the the copy that you're holding in your hands. Okay. We went with a uh, uh, print on demand service where they'll do really small print runs, and we had um, I can't remember how many copies we had. It was somewhere between twenty and a hundred, which is I know a pretty big range. Um, and we brought them to Anime Expo, I want to say in 2013, or maybe it was 2014, uh, to hold on, hold on. get DM, people DM, playing the game. Just, trying. Guys, just a moment. DMJ, we can hear you typing and it's messing with the connection. Yeah. So um, if you can kind of go back a little bit. So oh, yeah. You, yeah. So, you had so something we, we like 2,100 copies. Yeah, of uh, a... Uh, print-on-demand version of the game. It would be that we wanted. The cards were kind of thin and cheap-feeling. The uh, the box was not sized properly, and it didn't have that hard cardboard feel to it. Mm-hmm. But it was enough to get the idea across, and we used our actual art, at least the, the amount of art that we had at that point. We started with uh, some pilot artists. Um, we have one artist that works with us, um, on a lot of our previous projects, them are uh, released or have panned out really that much. Um, but uh, Deji uh, is her handle, and she did the art for all of the roll cards as well as One Up and Bomb. And uh, mm-hmm. we, we and have her and Party, Endless Party. She's done a ton. Yeah, she's she's probably been the single largest contributor to the project. Um, but yeah, we had her and uh, something like uh, four, 
four or five other artists um, that we mostly found on DeviantArt who uh, contributed to what was our initial print run. We wanted to get like, these are the seven he uh, characters that we think are the easiest to learn and play with. And we got their art done so that we could bring it to uh, a table and like actually play it with complete strangers and see if it's like what parts work, what parts don't. And uh, we gave away some copies as well there. So some of the copies you might have seen in the past were ones that we did through giveaways like that okay. of the early print-on-demand service, especially if you saw uh, color copies that were that had some but not all of the final art on them. Then in addition to that, there was um, the print-and-play version that we have online. The print-and-play version, we do not include any of the uh, final art for, and for the most part is... Um, black and white or just the uh, color card frames without the backs and but there have been um, like uh, we have uh, friends that go to other anime conventions like Fanime and Anime Expo um, who we and uh, most recently in uh, last year they had uh, the second Toho Con in LA mm -hmm. and I, I, we I had copies um, that that were basically the final full game printed out from my computer and sleeved up and we gave some of those away as well well that's cool neat uh yeah i i guess i mean i guess the the copy that i saw at some of these different places the same people by the way they're um it's a group in the new england community that we're acquainted with so they're um but uh i've never actually like held on to the cards before now or anything i didn't really get that close of a look at it so i couldn't really say what version it was or or any of that so um oh but anyway uh so let's uh i think it's a good place to kind of keep it for now so we'll move on to the next song here this is uh from the album xenoblaze and uh we'll do a couple songs here we'll be back in about 11 minutes uh you'll see it again soki radio live number 44 until then Yeah. 
This is Gensokyo Radio Live 44. We are back, and it is the half of... It's the halfway point. So, you know what that means. Uh, it is time for countries and listeners. We've got people from Belgium, Brazil, Canada, Finland, Germany, Italy, Japan, Mexico, Norway, Russia, Sweden, United Kingdom, United States, and Vietnam, of course. Same listener from Vietnam. We know who it is. Um, speaking of people we know, uh, we've got Mel Havoc and Seraform, Sombris, Cross 839, Error, uh, Niamless, uh, Remy1989, Chris1, Darkstorm41, Fanzy3, DJ Koishi, Yata, Yatai Bayashi from the hmm, DMJ, Emurak, which once again, Emurak listens, but never joins us during the shows. That's okay. Not everyone wants to be, you know, on here, I guess. Astro Ninja 1, Moogs Parfait is listening, the Dratini Farmer, Orchid Rothwell, Elite Asian, Lord Alfredo. That's a good one. I like that. And Koneka-chan. So thank you all for listening. If your name was not called out during tonight's um, call-out, you can uh, just make sure that you're registered on the website. All you have to do is connect to the station. Uh, after you have registered on the website. Yeah, basically, log in on the website, then connect to the station. That's what you got to do. Um, so for next time, and also, uh, we have a new segment that's coming up as part of Lunar Spotlight Media's uh, perks on our Patreon page. If you don't already know, uh, we are on there, and we'll talk a bit more about that later. But Fanzy is currently... Um, one of the uh, one of the cool folks on uh, over there. So go find out more to learn why. Anyway, uh, that's what I've got. So so we have a whole pile of questions here that uh, we're gonna need to address. A whole pile. Yeah, a whole pile. <laughs> a whole pile. So <laughs> basically, uh, yeah. Uh, let's go through there these. There is. Okay. What's up, puzzle? Oh, nothing. I was just. Uh, there's something I just want to get to later on. Oh. Okay. Okay. Sure. All right. Um, yeah. So I guess we'll just kind of go through these. Um, and depending on how many we get, right now we have 12 responses. So um, I know we went through a lot of questions, but let's do some more because that's what we're doing tonight, I guess. All right. From Kirkion. Uh, question is Are there plans for regular activity on the online segment? Steam group, etc. Are you guys on Steam, or is this a question for us? I... Uh, this is, I believe, this is a question about um, the TT, the Tabletop Simulator uh, group page for yeah. them. We have a, a Tabletop Simulator group. It's Danmaku X TTS, and um, I have in the past tried to show up every Sunday and was not able to keep that commitment up. Um, but there are people who play every week, from what I know. Do you want to post a link to that on the uh, general chat? I'll grab it. I will. Oh, somebody's already on it. <laughs> I got it. I got Someone's it. On. I got it. I am working on it. Uh, Steam's being slow. All right. Oh uh, no. So the plans for regular activity. Did we did we answer the question, or we just kind of say what it was? Um. <laughs> there. I don't have any plans right now. <laughs> I haven't been able to meet okay. that. Like, 
you know the developer come sure yeah just yeah uh, there's there's been a, a, a relatively active community that's been mostly self-organized hmm. um we're we're not running anything officially but uh, if you post in the steam tabletop simulator group uh you can organize your own play sessions or meet with other people who have the files Cool. And that actually leads me into another point. Uh, I am trying to get a game at, for uh, after the live show. If anyone's interested in joining, uh, um, just uh, send me a PM over Discord, just so I know who wants in and whatnot, and I can get you added on Steam. All right. And so, cool. Let's move on to the next one here. We've got uh, Prant138 asks, "What makes you want to, or yeah, what what made you want to create the game? What was kind of was there any sort of inspiration, or you know?" Well, this, this uh, is going we've deep, been, I know. <laughs> yeah, ta- we've been tabletop game players uh, for basically uh, as long as we've known each other. Right, um, mm-hmm. it goes all the way back to high school. And it seemed like a natural transition. We actually, our, our group, Mystery Parfait, started by making computer games. Um, but we were like, there's nothing that's making us make another computer game. Uh, and so instead, we tried to mix it up and, and go into the uh, Dead Tree version. <laughs> I like the, the idea of the dead tree version. Yes, yes. The... When are we, hey, uh, Lunar, when are we going to have a dead tree version? A dead tree version? GR? Kinsokyo Radio? I don't think How it's possible. You'd have, you'd have to, we'd have to make like sheet music or something. It'd be way too time Yeah, consuming. there we go. We'll just, we'll publish, yeah, we'll publish sheet music. We'll, st- we'll start a Morris code station. It's just, you tune in and it's a whole bunch of like dots and dashes. Anyway. <laughs> Music too. It's gonna go over most people's Stop heads, it. though. I'm sure. Megus Zero asks, "Can you walk us through?" Well, well, okay. So here's the question, but I think we've already covered it, sort of. Can you walk us through what you went through designing the game from inception to publishing? So I don't know. It, we kind of hit that, kind of didn't. But like, if you want to give like maybe an overview or something. All right. So this is you know pretty general when it comes to uh, designing a game at all, right? So usually you start with, here's the concept, here's the p- pitch. And then you, you just go through a phase of throwing as many ideas down as possible and getting as quickly, really you want to get as quickly as possible to something that you can actually play because no matter what your ideas are, until you actually start playing with it, you don't know how bad they are. And trust me, most of your ideas are bad. So you got to get through them as quickly as possible and be like, nope, we're we're getting rid of, um, like, like for instance, one of the first cards that we designed was, um, uh, what, what was that? Uh, I don't know which bad card you're referring to. <laughs> there were probably multiple. Maybe. Anyway. Just so, <laughs> so, so there was something out there that was probably like, eh, it's probably, yeah, yeah, probably yeah. not the best idea. It, it was, it was Mimi Chan. If, if anyone remembers <laughs> Mimi Chan from, from yes. the PC-98. Hmm. So we had a card that was based off of that where it, it gave you a lot of distance, but like it kept moving. And it turns out that like nobody actually enjoyed playing with it. People would just sit within their hand. Oh. Right. They would rather just have it be 
Like they didn't want to give people the opportunity to get the card that they were playing and give the power to them. Uh, so anyway, you iterate on the gameplay design um, by playing it, but then the next step is you, you actually have to decide, like once you are committed to what you have, you have to actually like lock that down at some point and commit to getting the rest of the production. We had to learn how to do a lot of things that we've never done before. We uh, never really worked with commissioning quite so many artists. Uh, we have artists from literally all corners of the world. We have artists in uh, Holland, and Spain, and Canada, and Chile, and Japan, and of course America. And basically uh, figuring out how to find the artists, how to talk to them, how to set up commissions, uh, how to pay them, uh, which was especially problematic in Japan where not very many people, basically nobody uses PayPal in Japan. Oh. And then we had to go through like figuring out how to do, like how to actually build the card layout and, and the templates. Mm -hmm. um, working in print has a set of challenges that are not present when dealing with computers. Um, in, in particular, I, I, I complain a lot about uh, the work of making that manual because trying to do typesetting and layout is is incredibly fidgety work. You, you, you add one extra letter to something and then all of a sudden your entire page spills out. And so you, you sometimes have to edit the content that you're putting in in order to fit the physical space that you have to work with. Right, yep. Okay. Um, and, yeah. So, yeah, I think that, that bit of insight is um, is pretty good there. Uh, so we've got the next one here. Darkstorm41 asks, what expansions do you have planned for Damak? I think we also, again, kind of covered this. Or you, you mentioned, like, we start with 24 characters and any, like, future expansions would would have more characters would there be anything else to that though perhaps anything that, you, that yeah. you're not afraid to mention i guess <laughs> I, I mean like disclaimer goes here that like nothing nothing that we uh have yet to release is locked down so you, you can think of these as less promises or whatever more like um ideas that we're kicking around mm -hmm. um but um I think that expansions are generally, particularly for board games, are more fun when they include some sort of mechanic that makes the game play differently as opposed to just having it's the same thing but with more cards, right? right? Yep. So, uh, for instance, uh, have you guys played a game called Seven Wonders? Right? I've it's, heard of it. Right. I am, so, I you know, the, the, mm -hmm. the game itself is, it starts out, it's, it's just a, a game where you draft cards and then you play them, and then whoever has the best sort of tableau at the end wins the most victory points, uh, gets to win the game. And every time they added an expansion, they added, here's this new mechanic that changes up perhaps your strategy. It doesn't change the core gameplay. You're still doing the same thing where you're drafting cards, but you have something else to pay attention to. And they also work with each other or independently. And that's what we're sort of aiming for is the design goal for any expansions that we have. As for what specific ideas we have, uh, the first one that we came up with was um, what would it be like if we could add essentially random NPC mobs 
to the game. Right now, he's just a bunch of players shooting other players, but, you know, in uh, in Toho and shoot em up games in general, you have to fight through swarms of mob characters, basically, little trash mobs to get to the boss. So we wanted to represent those in cards somehow and, and have, well, here's here's another target. And this is another thing that um, we got as feedback from um, our early playtest, which was a lot of times players would want to do something on their turn, but they couldn't because they were sitting too far away from the person they wanted to do something to. And hmm. the mobs provided like two things. One is you, if you're in a position where you're just trying to turtle basically you know you're trying to not attack you're trying to not um, engage with other players because you want to sit back and uh, let them kill each other uh, it forces you to interact with something right because the mobs will come in and they'll attack you regardless and the other thing is if you're sitting around and you 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 have extra shoots in your hand or something and you can't spend them all you have always this target that you can and probably should kill. And so you kill the mobs and like with most shoot 'em up games, sometimes those mobs, you know, drop uh, power-ups or something in the, which we represent in the form of the cards, the, the mobs themselves become cards that you can play later. It's a cool idea. All right. Um, but, Nano, you got anything? No, I just, it's kind of fun just the, the as you're explaining how um, a lot of games make, well, one of the design goals or one of the aspirations for expansions is, um, as you said, introducing new mechanics. Because I know, um, um, like, I know a lot of Fantasy Flight games and uh, Magic the Gathering, uh, almost that, every set, every new set, there's a new well, mechanic. The, the, there's always a theme of each set that's based around the new mechanic. Um, but kind of kind of going away from the the collecting uh, the TCG the trading card game to like sort of just um, just table uh, just board games and tabletop games in general um, yeah it's fun to kind of sit there and just like throw ideas back and forth and then like play test them see how you can like implement them without like completely making like an entirely different game that's I think the hardest part is keeping the core yeah. while not basically publishing a new game and then trying to sort of like shoehorn it as like a a big conglomerate type right, thing. Right, right. So. Everything needs to come back to what are the core game mechanics of the the product that you're integrating it with. What what is the interaction that you have? What is the mm -hmm. aesthetic and feel of the the play? And you you don't want to have it where it's either too complicated, and so you can't wrap your head around all of the initial mechanics plus all of these new mechanics, and it has to like, you know. Um, be fun on its own yeah um sort of reminds me there like um there there's another there's a, more of a uh, collector's card game called uh, rumbling spell orchestra um that i've helped um on the english with the english community in the past um but like one of the things i know like looking through each of the characters and stuff they added throughout that that game's life um which is still going i believe um they release every summer comic at um but like um how introducing new elements rebalances old elements. I think that's the hardest part. Like for example, the one of the characters, the Natori character, she um her big thing is having like a large hand size so she can have like, you know, nine cards in her hand. And um relevant to the game, what this does is uh what's what I'm trying to say? Um is that since no other character really operates on this, um previous cards that did stuff to limit hand size 
now have a new impact that they didn't have before. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's a lot of those type of uh, type of things are just. There's a lot of play testing. I think a lot of sort of like, how am I with all my previous elements, changing those elements by adding in this new thing? Like, is something that wasn't really like OP is now completely OP, or is it more like counterplay or all those type of things? So it's um, there's just a lot to think about when going forward, which is um, cool that you guys are kind of keeping that in mind. Yeah, and I think as a as a, an example of what not to do, um, I had uh, there was a game that I play called uh, Race for the Galaxy. And I really liked the game. I thought it was it had a lot of potential, and I liked that the I liked the general uh, flow of um, uh, drawing the cards and, and playing them and the interactions of the cards. I'm like, this has a lot of potential for expansions. But what the expansions did is instead of reinforcing the existing hooks that they left in the game, they added a whole bunch of new metas and new strategies, and it diluted the existing play strategies. And so every expansion made, like, I noticed I was having less and less fun playing the game. It's like, it becomes harder and harder to go for any particular um, strategy because you have all of these extra cards that have nothing to do with that, that are bogging your draws down. Mm-hmm. Okay. Something I talk about with fans often when I'm doing the uh, interaction with them is that, uh, when they ask about expansions, I say that Danmaku is modular. Um, expansion characters work without that uh, expansions mechanic. And the expansions, like, say when Mobs comes out, you could remove incidents from the game entirely. And notice it doesn't affect any of the current characters. Yeah, and we try to keep the uh, new mechanics self-contained, right? Mm-hmm. So in, in addition to adding new character cards, we're also going to add uh, a new extra boss role for each expansion that relates to whatever the theme of that expansion is. So currently there are two extra bosses. One of them just draws more cards than other players, but the other one um, gets to manipulate the incident deck. You can think of the incident deck as the core mechanic of the base game. And also we're planning on adding um, probably four new incidents with every new expansion since everyone is expected to have the base set you can get some new incidents that relate to the new mechanics added by the uh, whatever the expansion is. Got it. That's really cool. So, like, from what I hear, it's just like um, when people sit down to play, they can choose, all right, you know, without destroying other aspects of the game, they can choose how they want to play the game. Yes. All right. We've got at least eight more questions here, so let's try to get through <laughs> these without uh, dwelling <laughs> okay. on one for too long. Uh, the next one, DFG3 in chat was actually wondering if their question had been answered yet. Uh, no, this is the uh, question. What card game did you model Donmuk off the most? Uh, if there was any one particular. I know there were a number mentioned, but... I mean, when you come in from a uh, from having played a lot of different card games, you... You, you start with what mechanics work, and those tend to be agnostic of any particular card game. Okay. So, probably a combination of, of what you knew, not really based off of any one particular game, it seems. Which is probably the right way to do it, anyway. Okay. Yeah. Uh, next one, username, I hate oh, you all. I'd have to say it's based most off of Toho. 
Yeah, there we go. <laughs> okay, that's a good. I like that answer. It's a good, good answer. Yes, username. I hate you all. Here's the question: Some of my friends are really interested in board and card games. Smash, uh, Smash Up being one of our favorites. My one friend really thinks Toho is silly and dislikes it. He doesn't think a Toho board or card game is worth trying. I actually haven't played Don Mach either, but I'd love to convince him to play it. So my question is this. How would you market this game for people who aren't into Toho? And do you think people can join the Toho fandom through this game? I would really like it if some people can join the Toho fandom because of this game. But um, I know for a fact, because most of the people that I uh, work with and that I met uh, through game stores and people I play tabletop games with, I know like maybe two people who are into Toho out of that entire collection. Um, but I got a lot of really good feedback about the actual gameplay um, for the game from those people who spend most of their time playing tabletop games as opposed to, you know, shoot 'em ups on the PC or, you know, right. whatever else. Makes sense. <laughs> and uh, they all, like their feedback is, wow, that's a really cool game. And so I know that there's appeal for this game to people who are not fans of Toho and that they can certainly enjoy it. Um, even if they can't pronounce the character names, that's probably the biggest hurdle that most people run into. <laughs> All right. fair, fair enough. They're like, I'm, I'm, I am, I'm the, the aquatic engineer. <laughs> the red one, I'm, yes. I'm aquatic engineer girl. <laughs> uh, that's a very fair point. But um, but they yeah. but they okay. This should be interesting. <laughs> but as for the as for the marketing, um, if if there are existing games, tabletop or card games they like, uh, you know, try to find those and say, you know, this is this has got a lot of the elements of this game. This has got um, you know, these cool mechanics and and sell it on the mechanics because the mechanics do stand alone even if you don't know the source material it's just that if you do know the source material you get that extra layer of oh hey look at the detail that they put into this thing or hey this i recognize this is actually from the game mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if you want to sell the setting really quick i told this to someone who basically knows nothing about toho or anime or manga in a nature preserve for old gods, heroes, and monsters, everyone decides that instead of killing each other, they're going to play magical dodgeball. They may or may not all be drunk. <laughs> <laughs> that's the I best way of describing Toho. Oh, that's so that, good. That is the best description. I, I, I like that indeed. Because I, I had that question the other night when I was... This, this one chick that I work with walked up to me and she goes, so what, what is this all about? And I had to like, like, I, my, my brain clicked. I could either answer this two ways. I could either just walk away and hide a little bit until she goes away. Or I can totally spill out everything that I read on the Toho Wiki in the storyline and see whether or not she's interested. And as soon as I opened my mouth, she was just like, I don't care. I was like, good. I don't have to explain anything. <laughs> All right. Mia asks, um, do you get orders outside of the U.S. or is it just uh, limited here? Oh, we've gotten tons of international orders. Yeah. Okay. I would imagine. France is a big one. 
I would imagine so, because, <clears throat> I mean, you have artists from different countries, but obviously there's fans everywhere, too. We as a radio station know this. Uh, I mean, obviously, you heard me say all the countries and stuff, so. Alright, that uh, was simple. Uh, Koneko-chan, or Kone... Ko yeah, Koneko-chan, derp. What is your question? Uh, what is the hardest part, according to you, in making a card game, and how did you deal with it? What did, what did you find most difficult? I want to answer this really quick. The uh, hardest part for me was that uh, about two, three weeks of shipping delay where I didn't know where our stuff was, Aww. and I, about, I, I couldn't do anything. <laughs> I about had an anxiety attack every day. Hmm. Uh, one of the hardest parts <laughs> is letting go, because uh -huh. once it's in print, you can't change it. There, there are no patches. That's true. Yeah, it's not like a video game where you can say, we can fix it in patches. And, yeah. and and at some point, like we, I not only had I already shipped off the game, but it was like in print, and people are like, "Hey, did you know you have this typo here?" I'm like, "No, don't want to hear it. Don't want to know about it. Just, just, it's it's done now. <laughs> done. I don't have to worry. It's I mean, too late. It's over. I mean, did you, you? You must. You must have known, or someone must have known that there was literally the word idiot pointing to Cherno on that one page in the in the booklet. Someone oh, that, had that was not an accident. That, that was of course, accident. it wasn't an accident. That was. It's uh, it's one of those great little details that people like, you know, that people Ow. notice. All right. Um. Oh, we we're up to thirteen now. Koneko Chen again <laughs> asks, uh, "Is it okay if I translate the game into my language?" I'm not entirely sure, sure. how they would do this. Um, if there was like a. I mean, if there's like if an online did, like, version so, or something, but localization yeah, we, would be. Uh, uh, we've actually had questions like surrounding this before, um, with regards to uh, Moogs mentioned that there was a large group. Toho.net is based out of France, and they, there's a pretty large French following. Yeah. Uh, what they did was they, they had a cheat sheet basically printed out that had. Like, here are the cards, and here's what they do. Um, so if you see this name, it means this. Like, those things are totally legit. We also have our print-and-play version. Uh, something that we did should have was, as soon as we released a print-and-play version, like, there were four or five people making their own mods to the game. Like, not, and we're not talking about just, um, like, translating cards or slapping their own art downloaded off of Donboru onto the uh, uh, cards themselves, but like actually making mechanical changes, complete system overhauls, making their own games using our card frames, and is that that was really cool. And you know, as long as no one is, you know, trying to resell it, it or you know that kind of thing, yeah, they're, they're perfectly welcome to take our ideas. You know, take our uh, layouts, whatever, uh, anything that we have on the the, the print and play and remix it however they want. Um, but uh, as, as for translations, going back to that, um, if people want to work on a an official unofficial translation, uh, they can contact us at contact at mysteryparfait.com, and we'll see what help we can provide them to make that possible. Um, we definitely like to make the game more accessible to people in other countries since we know there's a large fan following and not everyone speaks English, just like not everyone speaks Japanese. Right. 
but um, as for official official translations, I am currently working on a an official Japanese translation to release at Comic Head this year, Ooh. if I can. Wow, that's cool. That's pretty neat. You heard it here first. <laughs> maybe. Like, you probably said that before, maybe. Dude, we've been doing that a lot lately. Like, <laughs> every every live show where we had a guest, like, you heard it here Like, you heard it here gosh, first. what are we? What are we? It's, like, it's the nature of the thing. Syndicated news. Yeah. <laughs> it's the nature of radio broadcasting. It's the nature of the thing. You, you hear on, like, on, on other, like, podcasts and things where like, they're like, this is an exclusive. Well, yeah, but I hear but I... I, I, it sounds like so, like something I would hear on like an Seth MacFarlane co- there, cartoon. There is with nothing like wrong. With a news saying. reporter. Okay. Uh, next question. Yes. So, what do we got? Uh, Orchid Rothwell asks: Have you ever considered porting your game to PCs or mobile devices in the future, or perhaps releasing a workshop item for it on Tabletop Simulator? Well, I think we know what the answer is to that already. <laughs> yeah. And I been- think that the the mod for tabletop simulator is probably as far as we can go. Um, there's a lot of like really weird gray area when it comes to Toho Dojin stuff in particular with games huh. and the release channels, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Zune, when he came up with the uh, the copyright guidelines, had a very sort of Japan-centric view to it, right? Mm-hmm. It was basically like there's that's where most of the stuff's coming from and didn't really it wasn't until a couple of years later um uh in fact a couple of years ago um when the first uh, what was it kickstarter project for a toho based dojin yep, game yep, came yep. up and then subsequently hammered down you know yep. it got the yep. uh it got the mochi mallet yep all right uh yeah that so i mean then there's that whole perspective that's kind of changed uh, due to certain events in the past five years, like Zune going to America and him realizing how many fans there are in the U.S. and other places and all this stuff. But I mean, we won't really, uh, we won't really go there. So, um, yeah. Anyway, there were some things that were pretty explicit, though, which is uh, nothing on console and nothing on mobile until and- now. And now that well, we got that, uh, now well, we got nothing- Rondo on PS4. Nothing. Dojin on that. Everything that, that ends up on one of those platforms needs to be gone up. Like, it has to be a, a licensed product. Yeah. Anyway. So, <clears throat> so basically, in short, yeah, it is on there, but there's certain stipulations. Um, something like that. Um, not fancy. Probably fancy. Asks, oh, I wonder who that is. Uh, how are you guys doing today? I love I am fine. I am dandy. I did not eat that gingerbread man. No, I did not. Um, I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I managed to get oh, like seven hours of sleep, which is a record. Yeah, I have yet. Sleep. I have yet to drink any alcohol yet, so I could probably. Are you saying your condition could improve or deteriorate? Oh yeah, my 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 my, my condition probably improve with deteriorate depending on my. Uh, yeah, depending on depending what depending on my uh, feeling, yeah. depending on how many times you drop out. <clears throat> hey, certain, I'm working on it. There's a certain someone. Uh, DMJ asks, "You know what? You're here. Why didn't you just ask <laughs> us here?" 
because I was bored and I wanted to fill that in and kind of, you know, lead the charge. And yeah, okay. Then I realized more people put ahead, put, put ahead of me. But anyway, uh, he asks, if, if you want to say, you don't have to, obviously, because it's your deal, who do you have planned for future expansions? Well, uh, so if you look at the uh, the yearly Toho character popularity poll, <laughs> basically everyone <laughs> over the 200 mark, which is, I think, where you start getting into uh, characters that were referenced in comics in a single issue or something like that. But uh, to be honest, like we, we definitely want to hit everyone's fan favorite. Like, Because yeah, there's one character in here that I know that I'm surprised that's not in at all, and that's flawed. I I see Remilia, I do or Patchy, I see Sakia, I do not see flawed, and I thought that was funny. Well, I mean, Scar Scarlet Devil uh, had the largest. Like, if you look at everyone except for Dayose and Koakuma and Flan are already in the game, so Scarlet Devil definitely got the most representation so far. We definitely like to add some more of the newer characters uh, when the game. This is just gives you a little bit of perspective. Um, Ten Desires just came out when we started working on the game, oh, so we wow. had some room to grow, right? Like those were like, oh yeah, we should probably put in the new characters, which is why we had, um, you know, Miko and Futo in the game, mm -hmm. and you know, uh, since then, like. Four or five official games have come out if you include the t the Tasa Pro games. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so we want to definitely get those in, and also we want to keep it thematic. Like I was mentioned before, one of the expansions that we're planning is the Mobs expansion, uh, but we're also planning one that revolves around uh, it, it's it's all about power matters, and that's the one that's focused on the EX bosses. So if you can think of your favorite EX bosses from any games, hint hint, they might be in that expansion. Heck yes. <laughs> nice. All right. I'm uh, sorry. I'm a mommy's old fan. So when you said EX boss, I was like, we've, oh? yeah, we've got EX, the, okay. go ahead. We uh, gotta get through. Yeah. No, well, we've got one last one. So, um, and, and I have something afterwards too. Lunar, okay. Uh, that I want to ask. So, here. Never mind. I'm just. I'm not going to say anything. Uh, Fancy asks, "What right, made sorry. you like Toho in the first place?" Pretty elementary for any, uh, you know, any Toho uh, fan. What was what was uh, your gateway? <clears throat> what was your, you know, what made you like Toho in the first place? So, <clears throat> I used to go to uh, various image boards. Uh, that might sound familiar to some people. Um, and sometime around uh, like 2000. 2007 I kept seeing like all of these pictures of this like really cool character I'm like who is this person and sort of at the same time I'm sure someone has uh, heard of uh, a particular group called Iosis and they had some pretty viral videos uh, about certain precious things being stolen and so on and so forth yeah. and it, oh, yeah. it took a while until I made the connection like oh these are all part of the same future. thing right so uh, at some point I bit the bullet and the first the first Toho that I played was um, Perfect Cherry Blossom. The and best one! <laughs> certainly the one that introduced the most new characters in a single game. Hmm. And 
I played it until my eyes bled and managed to one credit clear it uh, on normal. And then, you know, Ron managed to, you know, push my, you know, she did a number on me. <laughs> but then, then I went back to what, what, like uh, Embodiment of Scarlet Devil and I was like, why is there no hitbox? Why can't I see a hitbox? Anyway, uh, I'll, I'll let Moogs answer his. Uh, my answer is pretty much the same. Started at the image boards. It was uh, racing and mailing, I noticed first. Um, I played Imper- Imperishable Night was my first one. And I am still to this day terrible at Toho. Oh, to this day. To this day, I'm still bad. <laughs> I like it for like, the art like, and music. See, for me, my, my intro was more... I was bored in IT class and my friend bought a flash drive. So we, instead of doing actual classwork, we just spent two hours playing around on a fighter. <laughs> like my, my intro to Toho was like, did, did he, uh, did he beat you up in Kaizuka or something? Oh, and then I go and then to freaking anime club that day because they decided let's roll the anime club and the tabletop club together since they both have small uh, populations hmm. in order to keep them both alive and I show up with Toho and everyone's laugh at me because the first, the only character that I knew how to play was Shirno because that was how I picked up. It's like you're playing a fairy and I'm like, well, you need to shut up before I break your neck, kid. Yeah, you want to know what other characters are in this game? There's yeah, just I mean, just look at it. <laughs> They're all girls. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, totally. Yeah. It was like I was a violent. I was violent. <laughs> Yeah, and then that was also the same day. That was the same day that when my buddy sat down, he's like, "And look, I'm playing Imperishable Night, and I can one CC it sitting here, in class." Yeah, great. Yeah, it was uh, one of my friends. The way he described Toho is uh, girls who want to pretend that they're spaceships. Diaper hats. <laughs> Di- diaper hats. That's how I explained <laughs> it. Hats. Diaper hats. Oh god. Um. What is it? What, what so- was? What was the? What was the thing? It was like some sort of simulator that, because, ah, uh, it's like five. I don't remember what. Anyway, go on. I, I think. I think I'll, the best way to describe uh, it is uh, yes. drink and don't ask questions. Um. So my question to Mystery Parfait is: Besides Danmaku, like, what does your circle do? Like, I think on your on your. Uh, about page i saw something about you guys do uh like visual novels or so i I don't know could you guys just fill me in on like anything else you guys do besides this start projects that are way too big (laughs) (laughs) uh so yeah we we started out um working on visual novels in like 2006 and we got uh there are two of them that we have in progress. Uh, one of them is uh, Mugus' project, which he can tell you more about. It's actually probably going to get finished at some point. Uh, and the other one is um, the one that's currently headlined on the website because we're also really bad at updating our website. <laughs> and that one. I would like to say that Twilight. we pay- <laughs> that both of us pull seventy-hour weeks. <laughs> so, <laughs> if something falls by the wayside, that's why. <laughs> right. And 
the short answer is what do we do besides um, Don Maku? The answer is nothing at the moment <laughs> because Don Maku is just, just to keep the stuff that we need to work on going uh, it, it is a full-time job, like particularly now that mm -hmm. uh, we're we're handling all of the uh, order collection and shipping ourselves, um, and I'm working on getting the translation sent off for the the Japanese version, and we have to uh, also try to you know promote and sell the game as well. Of course. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. So this is probably the longest talking thing that we've had in in GR Live history. Yeah. So, um, but there's. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But uh, that's what community involvement will do for you, I guess. Um, you know, some some shows are yep. striving to generate content, and other times we just have way too much. We'll eventually find the nice balance for these. You know, don't worry. But uh, here here's an interesting thing. So this next song. Um, actually, if you remember a couple, uh, a couple show, no, not a couple shows, last show, uh, it was, wait, did we, no, it was Live 42. Right, this is the five-year show, the last one we had Seismics on, right? Um, he mentioned that yep. he had a song coming out on an album at, uh, Ritai Sai, uh, from, it was the, uh, house set of Legacy of Lunatic Kingdom. Um, well, mm -hmm. well, that song was on his SoundCloud, and I wanted to do kind of a comparison. See, the original song, if I pull up the the uh, L translation thing here, uh, Haruka Sanjuhachi Mankiro no Boyaju is apparently what the original title is, but um, but the he made a remix of it basically so um the let's see i, I want to figure out what circle this is originally from but uh i will pull it up for you later on if i can otherwise it'll be listed in the info section in on our uh, mix cloud which by the way uh, i still have yet to post life 43 because the interesting fact is it's sitting on my laptop in illinois not where i am right now so um, so I still have to do, I'll, I'll do that at some point this week and then, um, hopefully get Live 44 out there before too long. So, uh, so anyway, I'm going to play the version of this. Uh, it's more or less, it's a, it's in a, a range. It's been, you know, it's, it's a, it's derived from the original song, but then after that will be Seismix's song. So you can hear the similarity between the two. Awesome. Uh, and then, uh, We'll be back a little bit after that for uh, kind of our last segment and some closing comments. So this is Gensoki Radio Live number 44. Stick around.
this song is from Unchiku Company. It is obviously the piano instrumental version. And then upcoming is based off the same song, except it is the Seismix remix.
really big sound coming from Seismix there. Never ceases to amaze me how different two arranges based from the same song can be, but that is the nature of the music we play on Gensoki Radio. Uh, one more song for you here, and then we'll be right back.
10. And this is Gensokyo Radio Live number 44. Closing it out tonight uh, in a very short few minutes here. So we have uh, some last moment things to kind of uh, put out there because we have some stuff going on after the stream. So uh, who wants to go? Uh, I'll go. Uh, so just to start out for anyone who is interested and I will post it in Gensokyo Radio. Uh, I will actually be getting some people together to play a game of Denmaku live uh, via Tabletop Simulator, uh, so you can want to watch on uh, my Twitch stream, so I'll have that going for you. Alright. And I will post that. Very good. Um... And I thought I thought like Nano or DMJ had something else, but maybe uh, I was wrong. Nope, I'm alive. Uh, What's up? I'm I'm uh, there will be a DMJ's hangout next month, uh, which will also be Saturday. Day. It'll be probably around the same time. And don't we have something going on next month, Lunar? Uh, well, we have two things actually. Um, next weekend is Anime Central, where you'll be able to find myself. Uh, along with DJ Koishi and some other folks from the community as well, of course. So, um, Koishi is running a panel there, and I have been invited as a guest panelist, so if you are going and you see something about Komeji Records, I'll be there. So, uh, hopefully I can meet up with some folks out there who may also be listening right now. Maybe. That's a shot in the dark, but, you know, maybe. Yeah. Um, And then... The first week of June, uh, we have CC. We've got Colossal Con in Sandusky, Ohio. Uh, literally two weekends after um, ASEN, so it's uh, it's a busy yeah, time. Yeah, and it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be fun there this year. And um, there's a good possibility uh, uh, I might have my VR in time. So you guys will finally if if between if that between that time. Uh, actually, no. Uh, more than likely, I'll, you'll be the first time you'll get to uh, in VR. I'll bring everything. The big the big computer. And by that time, I'll probably have... You'll, so, yeah. Yep, I think we just lost him again. You, last thing you said was probably, and then you cut out. But anyway. Um, Alright. So... Uh, yeah, a couple other things that do you want to mention. Danmark, of course, is available for, uh, you know, it's it's released and all that, and if you do want a physical copy, uh, I know one of the places you can go to is donmaku.mysteryperfect.com or just their website in general. You'll be able to find it there, and it is uh, $34.99 I believe in USD, so uh, that's out there yeah. if you are interested. Easy world to remember. It's donmaku.party Ooh. All right. donmaku.party um, I do have one question before we close out if I were to sleeve these cards what are uh, your recommendations because I as, as a magic player I got a lot of things I want to do and I want to preserve this game and make sure the cards stay in good condition uh, yeah, would so, these fit standard magic gathering sleeves or Yu-Gi-Oh yeah, sleeves these are 
These are uh, like Yu-Gi-Oh! Magic the Gathering Pokemon. They all use the same card format. It's uh, 63 by 89 millimeters. Uh, so anything, I recommend, the, there's a series of licensed Toho card games called uh, uh, the Chaos System in Japan. They have a lot of Toho themed uh, sleeves. You can find them on like Hobby Search, Ami Ami, stuff like that. And uh, when I was doing the template, uh, not the template, the uh, prototype versions, basically all it was was uh, me with magic cards in these Toho sleeves with the printed out versions slipped in front. So I know it works fine. Also, the double-sized cards, those are going to be the tricky ones. For yeah, the that's the one I'm worried about. Right. It's not going to be, I don't think you're going to be able to find any Toho themed sleeves, but if you look for um, the Ultra Pro oversized sleeves, they're um, for the 126 by 89 millimeters. It's the same size as the oversized commanders from Magic the Gathering or Play All Chase. All right. All right. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so they do make sleeves in those sizes. I actually know where I can get those. Uh, probably tomorrow I can go to the card shop and do that. Nice. Yeah. And, and, and if you don't have people. a local card shop, you can find them online if you just search for oversized card sleeves. Uh, sometimes uh, you can also search for things like uh, Plane Chase or uh, Arch Enemy card sleeves. All right. Yeah, good deal. All right. I do have one obligatory thing I do need to mention uh, as we are towards the end of this broadcast. Uh, one of the more recent things we've been doing is we have started up this group called Lunar Spotlight Media or LSM. And that is kind of what the goal of uh, we're kind of creating our own media group, essentially. The idea behind it is to be able to uh, do things more like, uh, you know, creating websites, creating interactive uh, web-based formats, uh, videos, and possibly even some games. So, I mean, there's a little bit of tie-in with our, our guests here even, maybe. I don't know. But, anywho, uh, we are out there. We, and, and I, I should also mention that, like, this is kind of a separate thing from GR, but LSM, a lot of the perks are GR-related just because that's considered, like, GR is considered one of the projects of LSM at this point, if you missed the whole deal. We've been posting on about this on Facebook, on the website. Um, there's also a Facebook group for Lunar Spotlight Media out there as well. And last but not least, we do have a Patreon page for that as well. So we have a couple of folks from here who are uh, already on there, and we do appreciate the help. But anywho... Um, yeah, any questions on that, I'll definitely be around in chat. Otherwise, uh, we appreciate if you take a look, and that's basically it. So that's all I've got. Um, that's going to wrap it up for tonight's show. So once again, thanks to Mystery Parfait for joining us for this show. And thanks for having us. And uh, definitely go take a look at some of their stuff or stick around for the... Uh, for kind of our, our online playthrough here, uh, I think we're doing after the show. So, all right, yep. that's it. Live 44 here. I'm Lunar Spotlights from the Minneapolis studio here. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>